Hello friends, welcome to the Resonance Test. I'm your host, Allison Coton, an interaction designer at EPAM Continuum. Why do you think is it important for our kids to learn new languages in school? Why creative writing, performance, or studio art? Maybe the answer seems obvious to you, but if not, I'd like you to stop and think for a minute. When did you begin to understand yourself as a person in the world, to express yourself in your own point of view and to feel empathy for others, to truly communicate even across language and cultures? It's in the exercise of our creativity, I'd argue, that we learn these fundamental building blocks of social participation. And like any skill that requires practice, those who get started in childhood will learn faster, and those who learn in collaboration with others will excel. There's flow, communication, and a platform for self-expression in programming, too. It's a creative medium like any other, a whole world of languages in service of helping people connect, communicate, and participate. That's what's so exciting about Scratch, as we'll hear from Shamilka Samarasinghai, EPAM's Global Head of Corporate Social Responsibility, and Mitch Resnick, the Lego Papert Professor of Learning Research at the MIT Media Lab, in conversation with our Ken Gordon. This free programming language designed for kids supports all kinds of projects in an environment intentionally designed to foster citizenship, communication, and art. So when we talk about supporting kids to learn to code, it's not about pushing STEM skills at the expense of relationships and creativity. It's about introducing a common language that hopefully transcends national borders. An open-ended tool that anyone can use, so kids everywhere can get on with the real work of artistic experimentation, sharing ideas, and solving problems. Mitch, Schmilka, welcome to the Resonance Test. I'm excited to have you both here, and I want to jump right into the questions. Let's begin, Mitch. For the, for the very, very few people out there who haven't yet experienced Scratch, can you please describe what it is and maybe talk about the Scratch Foundation? Great. Well, it's great to be with you today. And you know, Scratch is a graphical programming language that allows kids to create their own interactive stories and games and animations. And importantly, they can then share their creations with other kids in an online community. So right now, there's literally millions of kids around the world in every country who are creating projects with Scratch, sharing them with one another, and getting feedback and encouragement from one another on the things that they're working on. So we see it as a way that young people are you know, learning to think creatively, reason systematically, and work collaboratively. And these are important skills for everyone around the world. And Scratch Foundation is a nonprofit organization that we set up uh, to be able to uh, run Scratch. So Scratch started in my research group at the MIT Media Lab. We spun out to the Scratch Foundation so we can now sustain Scratch into the future and develop the technology and support the community and educators around the world to make sure that Scratch gets used effectively uh, in, for young people everywhere. I would like to hear from both of you a couple stories maybe about what Scratch, from your observation, actually means to kids or educators or parents. I would, I would like to hear if you could give us uh, perhaps a story from each of you uh, about your experience of seeing people, kids engage with Scratch. Shmoka, why don't you start? Okay. Um, I think for us at EPOM, you know, as a part of our uh, core social responsibility pillars, education lies in the heart of it. And uh, when we launched EPOM eKids, uh, we were looking for a, like a program, like a platform. Um, that we could work with that could obviously uh, we can work with across several countries, across several languages, you know, uh, and it was seamlessly adapted. Um, so when we uh, looked at uh, all the platforms out there, we realized that, you know, Scratch was the tool that that looked like the most uh, 
impactful tool for us or the most uh, user-friendly tool for our, our volunteers to use. So I would say that from uh, an example point, I, I would say that when we launched Epami Kids, um, we started with four countries. And my story would be really to say how seamlessly it was for us to expand from the four countries to today, 19 countries, seven years on, um, that we have like now uh, Epami Kids in these 19 countries using the Scratch platform in multiple languages and also the community sharing their stories and the children sharing their stories, um, obviously having learned to code through this platform. And how about you, Mitch? Can you have you got a story for us about and can kids talking about their experience or your observations of them? Sure. Let me tell you a story about uh, a girl in South Africa that actually I met in person at one of our Scratch conferences that was sponsored by EPAM. EPAM has been a great collaborator on these conferences where we bring together Scratch educators from around the world. Uh, and I met this South African girl who'd created a Scratch project called Color Divide. And she'd done this in collaboration with several other children in different countries. And they worked together around an animated story in a fictional town that they had set up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in this town, it was a dystopian town where people were classified based on the something around the, the color of their clothing and the colors of the, their, that they got through their different powers. And clearly, in telling this story, she talked about the way it was a way for her to play out some of the challenges in her own country through the apartheid history. So Scratch was a way for her to be creating something in collaboration with others, but also to be thinking about and playing out the, the social issues that had confronted the country that she cared so much about. So for me, that was a great example where, yes, she was learning to code and developing technical skills, but it was also a way for her to work with others to think critically and carefully about important societal issues that were meaningful to her. Oh, that's that's really great. And it, it makes me think of the idea that, that Scratch is a free program, right? It's, it's available to anyone free of cost. Why is it so important uh, that Scratch is free? What, what is it about that? Yeah, from the very beginning, we launched Scratch 15 years ago. It launched in 2007. There's the 15th anniversary. And from the beginning, we had a deep commitment to making sure Scratch was free because we didn't want there to be barriers for young people to get access to Scratch and to make use of Scratch because we really were committed to making sure that kids from all backgrounds could use this tool to express themselves and develop their voice. Uh, So, you know, we've stayed true to that, and also to make sure it was global, uh, that as Shamilka mentioned, it's been translated to many languages. I think it's more than 60 languages now that Scratch has been translated into, so the kids anywhere can use Scratch in their language without any cost, because we really felt it's important for all children from all backgrounds to have the opportunities to learn to develop their thinking and develop their voice and developing their identities by creating and sharing with Scratch. That, that's really great uh, how it's it's really sort of a, an agent, right, for diversity and inclusion. And it's, it's doing something to sort of um, make more equity out there. And I, I really appreciate what you're doing there. Shmoka, 
I have a question. How, can you talk a little bit more of the context about how our workers scratch and EPAM kids fits into EPAM's uh, ESG initiatives more generally? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, certainly. Um, so, in terms of our ESG in the est, in the social impact space, um, obviously education is a, one of our core uh, areas where we work with. Um, so when we decide to do um, support the education efforts, and of course we've already working with the universities across uh, many locations, we decided to complement that program with a program for young kids. And that's where uh, EPAM eKids was uh, you know, launched with that idea to complement the university program. So from that time onwards, we were then looking for obviously a platform that could work for us and our volunteer trainers um, globally that could fit and, you know, that everyone could talk the same language, uh, you know, in terms of a coding language, but obviously in different, in their own uh, local languages um, that they could teach the children. So that's where we decided to work with Scratch. And of course, um, you know, we use Scratch to launch Ipami Kids. But Ipam eKids is not just about an initiative, you know. It has uh, also proved to be a lifeline of support for Ipam through not just just ticking the box for ESG, but, you know, in times like uh, during um, COVID and also uh, during the war, you know, in the last couple of months, you know, it has proved to be such an immense sense of support where we have brought in the communities across locations um, and run classes, um, you know, like camps, you know, for kids uh, where they found uh, it was like an escape for them where we, our volunteers, use this to support the children and bring them um, uh, and get through some very difficult times. This was just during COVID as well as, you know, um, since March with all what was happening in Ukraine, it really has proved to be a lifeline for EPA. Yeah, it's really interesting. This idea, it's, Scratch is almost kind of a language that's interoperable, right, through every country, through every context. And it really has uh, lent itself to, in so many situations um, to really helping people out. Mitch, have you got any stories about uh, current events and how Scratch has sort of um, been a lifeline to people? Yeah, well, we did see during the, you know, with the pandemic, you know, affecting, you know, so many people around the world, we saw the use of Scratch rise dramatically you know so in the first year of the of, of, uh, the pandemic the number of projects created in scratch doubled around the world wow. and actually the number of comments the kids wrote on one another's projects went up fivefold so you could see that kids secluded in their homes often isolated from one another mm-hmm. came to scratch as a safe place for them to continue to express themselves creatively and to connect with one another you could just see kids yearning for connection and the rise of the use of Scratch, I think, just shows how much young people are looking for connection and community. And we saw many of them writing projects about the different issues that they were dealing with during the pandemic, you know, making animated projects with advice about washing your hands and, you know, and the importance of wearing masks. Or someone did a project called uh, about where people took a picture of their own window and then made an animated story about what they would wish to see outside their window. So oh. even when they were trapped at home, they were using their imagination to come up with fantasy worlds of what was outside their window. 
So we saw kids being able to sort of connect with one another, share with one another, collaborate with one another, and maintain their, their creative spirit, even as they were isolated from one another. That's fantastic. I love the idea of like social creativity that, that Scratch enables. And I think that, that's a, a really exciting part about it. Now, speaking of social, I would like to hear more about the relationship between you two and between the Scratch Foundation uh, and EPAM in general. When was the first time the two of you met and what were the circumstances uh, like that uh, about? Um, well, I can start. <laughs> so um, the first time we met was uh, at the Scratch conference in Boston at MIT. Um, it was our first year of uh, sponsorship as well. We came forward as a small, like, you know, we, we had offered to support. Uh, I had already made contact with Scratch uh, Foundation. That time it was not Scratch Foundation. It was part of MIT. Um, you know, uh, it was part of MIT. And uh, and then uh, we were invited and obviously we registered and we took a team to the conference from, uh, you know, we from Central Europe and also from the U.S. because we had already launched our kids program, and it was at the conference that we met uh, Mitch, and we were so excited, and you know, it was. Uh, a, I still remember us meeting at that, uh, you know, pre-conference, uh, you know, like kind of um, gathering. Uh, at MIT and uh, we all took lots of pictures and we were sending it back to our teams wherever we were located the entire team was super excited so yeah that that was our first initial and it was in 2016 summer and and, and it's been a great partnership because uh, as Shamilka was mentioning we had created these you know regular scratch conferences for educators to come together and share ideas with one another so I met Shamilka and others from EPAM at that time and then we formed a partnership. So I think like every Scratch conference after that, uh, EPAM came in as a collaborating partner on the Scratch conference. So it's been great to work with Shamilka and others at EPAM on these events, some at MIT, but also elsewhere around the world. I've, you know, we worked together on conferences, you know, in, uh, in Budapest, in Cambridge, England. So many different places where uh, educators were coming together to share ideas around Scratch. It's also been great for us to be able to work together and with on, around the Eat Kids project because although, of course, we've tried to make Scratch as easy to use as possible so kids can pick it up on their own, but support is really important for kids to have you know, uh, support from mentors and others in running workshops and classes to help them learn how to express themselves with Scratch. So projects like Eat Kids are essential for Scratch really taking off in the world, uh, for young people to get the support they need to connect with other kids, but also to, to connect with people who can provide them with ideas and guidance on how to, to express themselves creatively with Scratch. That's that's really cool. Now, Scratch, the Scratch Foundation was founded in, in May 2007, I understand? Uh, I'm curious to know how things have evolved since then with sort of the sort of the um, broad uh, adaptation of social media in the world and sort of the the um, sort of evolution of different digital platforms. And I was wondering, can you talk about sort of how things have changed over the years, uh, just generally speaking, in terms of people's um, use of Scratch and the, and the dissemination of Scratch and that sort of thing? Right. Well, yeah, so the first generation of Scratch came out in, you know, 2007, but we're constantly evolving it and trying to keep 
keep pace with new technology trends, new societal trends. The very first version of Scratch, uh, there was like a separate downloadable application that you did. And then to share your project, you had to upload it. And then other people could see it. But if they wanted to look at the code, they'd have to download it. So it wasn't so seamlessly integrated into the web. So I think one important progression is that Scratch then became fully online uh, so that kids could more easily look at someone else's project, see the code that someone else used, make modifications to it. So that there's now full integration uh, online. So as the web became you know, more you know, commonly and prevalent around the world, Scratch just became you know, integrated into it. But we also have always tried to make sure that there's downloadable uh, versions of Scratch for people that don't have internet connection. Because in some parts of the world, there's not as reliable internet connection. So you can also download Scratch, use it on your local machine uh, if you're in a place where there's not such reliable internet connection. Are you thinking about uh, how the Scratch world is going to play into the metaverse? Is there is, Has there been any talk about that? Yeah, well... We aren't focused so much on the metaverse right now because I think we sort of like the type of sharing that goes on in Scratch. Scratch already is very social. Right. Rather than having sort of real-time interaction in a virtual space, we like keeping projects at the center. So mm -hmm. projects are the centerpiece of the Scratch community. So kids make projects, share them with one another. So and we, we feel that is a, is a great way to support that interaction. It's also, it enables it to be a much safer space uh, rather than just an open-ended chat room where kids can work on projects, upload it, and everything they do is part of a, a public you know, you know, venue where kids can comment on and build on one another's work. That's, that's really good. Now, the borderless nature of Scratch has really turned it into a, into a global, big global program. And I was wondering, what would you guys like to see next from it? What Do you have a vision of what comes next? I mean, you're already all over the world. Uh, what 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 kind of next steps do you have in mind? I'd love to hear from either of you, really. Um, well, I'll say. Yeah, go ahead, Mitch. Okay. Yeah, but you certainly, although your know, Scratch is already translated into you know, so many different languages, but we also want to do a better job of supporting different language-based sub-communities. So, like if if you're speaking a certain language, we'd like you to be able to more easily find other projects that were created in the same language so it's more easy to connect with other people so we want to find a way to make scratch both global and local because oh. we think it's great for kids to see what's happening with kids around the world and from all different cultures but also be able to connect with kids locally so i think we're continually you know trying to enhance the scratch community so it can be both local and global that sounds great Shmilka, have you got any ideas what you'd like to see happen next yeah, I mean, I think also um, I'm I'm with Mitch here as well, and also because we are in so many countries, uh, we uh, one of the first challenges we faced when we launched eKids was that uh, there was not many like teaching for us because we were trying to knowledge transfer. Yeah, the platform is there, but if someone was then training, we had to really go out look at different different resources to put down a like a training program like so each trainer had to kind of design a lesson plan so because of that we designed our own 
uh, courses. Like so today on our learn platform, we have the beginner's scratch course. We have an intermediate scratch course so that our trainers then use that as their guidance for the 10 week course or the 12 week course that we run. Um, and now we have translated it into different languages as well. So that, you know, if you're in Hungary, the Hungarian volunteer or the teacher then has access to that um, training course uh, to teach their communities. Yeah, so I would love to see more. We have come forward uh, to support the Scratch community in translation. Um, and we continue, you know, we are always there. And we've told them that, you know, if ever they want the translation support, we are also here to support them. Um, so. Like I say, I'd love to see more of that. Um, and all, um, yeah, I think the more the more we work with Scratch, we are aligning it more with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. We do things like Scratch for Good. So we kind of see a lot more even in our own community. We started off, it was a pretty sterile type of program because they just wanted to teach kids to code. But with everything what's happened and you know, how the world is evolving. I feel like the human and the empathetic element has definitely like very much a part of our own Scratch program now too. Let me build on that because I totally agree with Shamilka. Uh, do we want Scratch to be more than just learning the technical skills? Although, of course, that's important. Mm -hmm. But I think our vision for Scratch is to spread a creative, caring, and collaborative approach to coding and learning. Actually, let me give you an example that actually grew out of the you know recent you know terrible situation in Ukraine. Ten in early March, ten days after the invasion of Ukraine, I got a message from an educator in Ukraine named Alicia Vlasi, and she had been using Scratch for many years, working with kids who had been developing projects in Scratch, and she said she wanted to try to find a way to use Scratch to create what she called waves of kindness. Oh. And she said with all the hatred and aggression that was happening in her country and also around the world, she felt it was so important to support waves of kindness. How can we do this with Scratch? So we then worked together and members of the Scratch team created a studio on the Scratch website, like a gallery of projects where kids from around the world could upload projects about how could you spread kindness? So wow. different strategies to support other people or to, you know, to, to sort of help out people who are going through a difficult time. And within days, there was literally thousands of projects from kids around the world about how to spread kindness. So we saw this wave of kindness that was being spread through Scratch. Now, of course, I think we all know that any individual Scratch project is not going to solve the very, very difficult problems that are you know, happening in some of the war-torn and, and, and places around the world. On the other hand, I think one thing we all agree with is that any long-term strategy for combating hatred and aggression and authoritarianism in the world has to involve the next generation of kids. It has to be supporting a culture of creativity and kindness. And I think that's an ultimate goal for what we want to do with Scratch. So it's not just about learning coding, but help to you know, engage kids in creating things that will help build a culture of creativity and kindness. They'll be important for us to be able to live in the type of world that we, that we want. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's really inspiring. And it, and it makes me think of 
the upcoming Scratch Conference this July, this Creating a Culture of Kindness. Can you talk a little bit about this conference and tell our listeners why this will be such an important uh, event and who should come to it? Well, I'll mention that actually the first Scratch Conference where I met Shamilka was an in-person conference where educators came together. Last year, because of the pandemic, we did our first online Scratch Conference. And although, of course, you miss out on some things by not being together, we were able to accommodate many more educators from many different parts of the world. And so this year, we decided, again, the Scratch Foundation is organizing an online Scratch Conference that will have thousands of educators who come together to share ideas and stories about how to support young people in creating and learning with Scratch. So the conference is really ideal for any educator who wants to learn more about Scratch, or if they're already using Scratch, to come and share their stories and to hear from other educators about how they're using Scratch to get ideas from one another. And we're delighted that, again, EPAM is, is a great partner for this effort. Shmilka, are you what makes you most excited for the conference? What are you, what are you really jazzed about? We are, we are very excited because, you know, it's again another opportunity for us because, you know, every year we have new volunteer trainers, new energy coming on board to support our program. And, you know, for them, you know, getting on, um, you know, registering on to the, you know, conference and then, you know, just the agenda is always so rich, full of like interesting, you know, different, different angles of how to use Scratch for good, how to use Scratch in different streams. So um, I, I'm just excited again, once again, this year too, for our, um, you know, volunteer community who are really engaged in, you know, our kids program um, to be part of the Scratch uh, conference. Fantastic. Well, I wish you both a great conference, and, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come and chat here on the Resonance Test. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's great talking with you. EPAM Continuum integrates business experience and technology consulting focused on accelerating breakthrough ideas into meaningful impact. At EPAM Continuum, we're very deliberate about the term innovation. For us, it means turning ideas into stuff that's real, because from our perspective, ideas aren't really innovative until they exist in the world. Shamilka Samarasingha and Mitch Resnick, it was a pleasure to have you join us. Thank you. Ken Gordon was our interviewer and our producer. Kit Palalas is our sound engineer. And I'm your host, Allison Coden. Until the next one, thank you.